TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Chasing sunshine is my full-time job right now, and I am winning the moment. It may only be 55 here in California, but it feels like 70 at the moment, so uh, forgive me for being a little giddy for the next 10 minutes. But the giddiness also comes with it being Friday. Shayna Goldman from The Athletic. And Shayna, you are loving the chaos off the ice during this All-Star break, aren't you? I know. I thought it was a break. Who knew it wasn't? Like the news doesn't stop. Um, yeah, we're loving it. It's fun that we get a moment to like digest and talk about every trade that's happening. We can speculate for a month and there's more to go off except for like, hey, here's a 3 p.m. deadline. Everyone just throw up all your trades at once and we can't function and understand them all. So did Winnipeg feel, oh boy, Elias Lindholm is in Vancouver now. We need to make something happen. And then they go and acquire Sean Monahan. First of all, How's the Lindholm trade uh, on the trade-o-meter for Shayna uh, <laughs> with Vancouver? Um, where do you rank that? Okay, I think personally, every Canadian team heard the phrase that center depth wins championships. And they're like, okay, this is what we need to do to bring the cup back to Canada because we see this focus. Um, for me, from the Canucks perspective, I would give it like a 6.5 out of 7. I love the Lindholm trade for the Canucks because if you look at their lineup and say, what are they missing? It's a center. When they lost Bo Horvat and kept JT Miller, we knew they were down a top six center. And yes, they've used Miller down the middle, but at his best, he's on the wing. So you want to maximize everyone. So if you can bring in someone like Lindholm, who brings defensive strengths, but doesn't have to be your number one shutdown guy because they have another line that can handle that. I think you're in a really good position to succeed. He's good on both ends of the puck. You're betting on a bounce back, which there's a lot of signs are going to happen, including a low shooting percentage. I think that it's just a really excellent fit for them. What about the Monaghan trade? Marty's not going to read all the conditions, but uh, do you think Monaghan <laughs> has uh, enough left? Um, or maybe even side by side, like if you if you gave a score out of 10 as what you think Lindholm is a player right now? Like what would Monaghan's score be in comparison to that? And what is he going to bring to the Jets? Well, I used the scale out of seven. So now if we're out of 10, we have to start doing some fractions. Yes. But just for consistency's sake, I'm going to give that a 4.3 out of seven Ooh. because I have concerns. I think we know when the center market gets going, right? Lindholm is already off the table. The best center available is gone. Everybody else, the price is going to go up. And there aren't a ton of amazing options out there. So you're overpaying for a center. I don't think Monahan's the guy I overpay for. Yes, he had a bounce back, you know, last two years really in Montreal. 
The injury history is not ideal. The fact that he struggles in a bottom six capacity, which he could be playing in Winnipeg, is a problem. You look at those last two years in Calgary and you go, you really didn't play up to your role in the top six. So you were moved down the lineup and you struggled there. That would worry me a little bit. And it's like inflated by power play production. The other part of it is his defensive game is a serious flaw. And yes, Winnipeg knows how to deal with defensively flawed centers. We've seen that. But how much sheltering can you really do? If it's Shifley you have to worry about and Connor, if they get split up and then Monaghan on top of it, I just think it's such a steep price to pay for someone with so many red flags to me. I would have spent that on Adam Henrique if I were the Jets. Oh, well, that's because you saw Adam Henrique uh, score in overtime against us and the Rangers when he was with the Devils and that name has uh, left some nightmares uh, <laughs> behind for me, definitely. Uh, quickly on the Winnipeg Jets, I heard an interview with Rick Bonus yesterday basically said, um, and he threw a little shade at Paul Maurice, and maybe it wasn't intentional, but basically said, hey, last year we struggled because every time we had a bit of a um, a tough time, we reverted to what we were doing the last five years. We played man-on-man instead of playing our strict zone with some pressure points. And he says, you want to play man-on-man, that's fine, but, you know, I don't think it works, like, basically. Um, it, with your experience and looking at teams, how they play in the numbers, is, is this going to be like a um, almost a split league where teams are going to play man on man, believe that's the best way to do it. And teams are going to play zone and believe that's the best way to do it. And no happy middle. Yeah, that's the way it is because I think everyone is so rigid in the NHL. Like think about how many coaches are willing to accept the idea of a Rover. You really yeah. don't hear many coaches talk about it. Guys like Jared Bednar do and guys like John Tortorella do, but everybody else it's one or the other. So many teams shifted to zone defense and there's no adjustments. This team won with it. We're going to have it. We're going to fully replicate it. And I just don't think you can do that in today's game. I think that you need to be a little bit more fluid with your structure, with your systems, because everybody's roster is built differently. Everybody has different strengths. And sometimes it feels like teams are just trying to fit these players into, what is it, like a round peg in a square well, did I, oh, I might have messed that square, saying up. But square peg, like, round hole. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That. Yes. <laughs> I don't have, if you, if you want to know one strength, it's finding these like little cutesy sayings and knowing like how they're supposed yeah. to be said. But that's, that's how I feel it is in this league. I think we're seeing guys like Marty St. Louis when he was talking about, you know, uh, instincts and skill over systems. I think that's a great, you know, mentality to have, but we haven't seen many coaches truly adopt that, that I think you're going to see that harsh split of this is the system to run and this is the system to run and it's one or the other. Why do you think uh, Todd McClellan was fired by LA today? Because the Kings were really bad this last month. I mean, you go from being one of the best. But but why? It's not like Todd (laughs) just lost the ability here. His team was going for the president's trophy Mm -hmm. after the first couple of months. I look at how the Kings struggled and it's their defense, right? That is the area that I think that there's like the least room for error because we know their strengths, right? We know that this team is built to succeed defensively. You see them go from one of the best, the best rush team against, right? Mm -hmm. To one of the worst. They're allowing not just a lot of rush chances and volume, but in quality against. And it just doesn't seem like he's figured out the adjustments to make. Did they have a streak of bad goaltending that probably open the door a little bit wider for him. Absolutely. You look at those last four games of Cam Talbot and they were the worst four games he's had all season. They were absolutely horrible relative to his workload. 
But I don't think it's goaltending alone. I think the fact is they need their defense to be so stout for the goalie tandem that they have to succeed. They need to find ways to get their forwards clicking, especially someone that they just invested a ton of money in. So I think that's what it really comes down to. Did you have the adjustments to fix over the last month? They gave them game after game and the same problems are biting them. I don't think it's the worst move to go find a new coach, you know, look at a step in a different direction, even though it's someone from his bench. Mm-hmm. But when you think that Rob Blake would also be having to feel some of that blame because he made the decision to trade for Pierre-Luc Dupois and trade three assets. Again, something Greg Bonus said yesterday, he didn't want to throw shades to LA, but he basically said, hey, we we're so happy to get those three players. It makes our team better. Um, you know, and then you don't go and get a goaltender. You say, we're going to go with Phoenix Copley and Cam Talbot. And yeah, they were first in goals against average in the first 31 games, first in expected goals against in the first 31 games. And they dropped to 20th and 26th in that department. So yeah, defensively, they're not being great. But is, is a lot of the responsibility fall on Rob Blake as well now for not having been more aggressive in certain areas this summer? Yeah, like I think the, what falls on McCallum is what's happening on the ice, right? And that's the defensive slip-ups. And I think the way that they've struggled to defend a lead, which was one of their best strengths. It was the same thing that bit Lane Lambert. If you can't get your team to play a full 60 minutes, you're going to have a problem. But Rob Blake made the decision to go for Pierre-Luc Dubois. And if we're going to talk about the Kings, we're going to be talking about that goalie tandem that none of us expected to really thrive. And it's because they spent so much money elsewhere. And it's so interesting. I know people love centers. I know that they're super valuable in this league, but you have Kopitar down the middle. You have Deneau down the middle. You could have Quentin Byfield down the middle if you trusted him there too. To go out and spend $8 million on Pierre-Luc Dubois felt like an odd move because now you're either ensuring that each of these centers can't get top six minutes or you know, you're know you shifting someone to their off position, which then isn't as valuable and you paid them as a center. So I, I definitely think that's a problem because that's money that could have gone elsewhere. Even if you can make the case for bringing in Dubois, and there is a case to make, right? They needed more offense and they can afford to have some flawed players like Kevin Fiala because they have so many strong two-way players on their lineup. It, it just feels like a miss to spend that much when you look at how much they already have invested and how little it left for the rest of your roster. You have to think about everything. And I know Kopitar is getting older, but... Did you have to make that move now or could you have waited a year or two before you went so splashy on your center position? Fiala had the last goal in the McFarlane era against his former club. He was sent off with a win. Obviously, the decision was in the works, presumably before L.A. beat Nashville mm-hmm. in the final game. And uh, with that, uh, you know, we'll see just whether the Kings can stabilize in the areas that you're talking about. Uh, what else is uh, catching your eye right now? What's the next domino to fall, Shayna? <laughs> Who's to say, right? You know, are we going to see more trade movement happen over the next month? It feels like it. I wonder how much the price is going to rise for someone like Adam Henrique now, a center that's available. Or are we going to start seeing more come out of the Flames? You know, the Flames are an interesting one. They got things going early with Zadorov, and they really didn't have to at the time. I think that they undersold. They should have pushed for a little bit more, but they just wanted to change things up. Like, what about Tanev? What about potentially Markstrom? That's where my attention is probably going to go the most. And with Tanev, to me, it's similar to Monaghan. These are two players who bring injury risks. The longer you wait to trade them, the more of a chance you have of not being able to move them, which was the problem with Monaghan last deadline. Do the Flames feel that way for Tanev? You know, the the style he plays is very conducive to getting hurt. Do you try to flip him sooner than later? Do you package him with another player? Or do you lose out if you do that? Like, that's where my brain is, like, swirling right now. 
You mentioned injuries um, yesterday and the day before. We really focus on Jack Quinn going to miss eight weeks with the Buffalo Sabres, most likely with a lower body injury. It's been a tough year because he missed the first half of the season with an Achilles injury. So we threw some names out there, you know, like trade maybe possibilities for the Sabres to fill in. And because Duffer's on the West Coast and because we had seen this guy scored the overtime game winner in the last game before the break, uh, Frank Vitrano came up yesterday. He was the one guy on Duffer's list. I had him on my list. Do the Anaheim Ducks trade Frank Vitrano? And would he be a, maybe a fit here in Buffalo if that was a possibility? Frank Vitrano is such an interesting one because on a contender, he's a third liner. But on a team with a little bit more like leniency, he can be a top six player. That was the case in New York and obviously in Anaheim. The drawback for me is he is defensively flawed. He's, he has a lot of offensive pop. I don't know how sustainable that scoring is, but I do think that someone that can generate his own chances and has the finishing ability. So you're not, if he's in Buffalo, you're not expecting him to be the guy. He's one of the guys. He's a secondary scorer. He's not a bad option, but I wonder if he's more of a fit for a contender. Mm-hmm. Um, my eyes would go for a little bit, someone a little younger who also is on the West Coast. I would be thinking like an Arthur Kaliev would be the player for me to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was on my I, list too. I got him here. I have. Uh, you I didn't had, mention like, him yesterday. Oh, I didn't, wow. but I had. We didn't have time. We started talking about uh, goaltending, of goaltending, course. and we, we ran out of time. But I put guys like Kaliev. Um, I even put Capocaco on my list, which I don't know that that would happen. Um, so yeah, so Morgan Frost was on my list. So those were kind of guys that I I thought maybe would fit. So uh, Marty, I, I I totally dropped the ball yesterday when we unexpectedly landed on Frank Vitrano. So allow me to write the ship here and put you in live quiz mode. You and Shana. Oh. Okay. Okay. Hockey reference has a whole bunch of nicknames oh. for Frank Vitrano. Oh, Go. Who wants Frank, to start? Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank is one. Okay. I don't know. I have no uh, idea. Have I have no, no idea. idea. Nicknames. This is one no. of the greatest features added recently on hockey reference. Frankie. Okay. Uh, Mizzy. Grizzy. Rolex. Okay. Frank the Tank. Frankie V and the Springfield Rifle. <laughs> Who comes up with that? That is, that is one of the longest lists of nicknames I've seen. And when I we signed off yesterday, because remember yesterday, Marty, we yeah. joked that, oh, I'll think about this three hours later. Well, that's what happened. It was like, oh, man, this guy's got great nicknames. But the one name I did not mention yesterday, Marty, that I wanted to get to, um, and I'm, Shana, I'm still not sure what to think of the Nashville Predators and where they are at organizationally and competitively and future-wise. So I'm skeptical they would move off of this player. However, he is undoubtedly going to make a fair amount more. He's 26 and he's a UFA and he's Tommy Novak. And I'm wondering... Because, I mean, in theory, they could pawn him off if they're out of it. As a UFA, he could just sign back there. In the summer, if he loves it there, and I think he's shown over 100-plus games that he's been a very, very effective Nashville Predator. What do you think of him? I'm a big fan of Tommy Novak's game. You look at last year's team under John Hines where mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of puck transportation, let's call it, in, in, in control. That was what yeah. they were missing. It was Roman Yossi who could do it in Philip Forsberg, and he was having a down year. And Matt Duchesne to a point, too. But you saw Novak emerge as this puck possession player that they were missing. And in that second half of the season, when everything was falling apart and Forsberg was hurt, he was the player that emerged for them. He was the scoring threat to watch. It was him and Luke Evangelista. Um, Mm -hmm. If I'm Nashville, 
I'm very confused about my direction as well, because we say the eyes are the future, but the results are saying you're landing smack dab in the middle and you could thank UC Saros for helping push you along. And also they're really great defense. Mm-hmm. I don't move Novak. I don't move a forward. I, if anything, would be more willing to move one of their younger defenders. Even like a carrier could be an interesting name mm-hmm. to move because I think that if any team can develop another defenseman to replace what they move out, it's Nashville. Mm-hmm. And I feel even more confident with that, saying that with Trotz there, even though he's not behind the bench, but I really do like what Brunette's doing as well. Um, the young forwards, I I do not allow anyone to even speak to, think about, like, don't let their names come out of your mouth. I think that's exactly what Nashville needs to keep. Probably should have locked up uh, Novak earlier. Always easier to say in hindsight. Do uh, you think, uh, both of you, that Nyquist will move here? He's having a potential career year here, and that is well-advanced NHL career. I like him, personally. Like, I no, think he's the yeah. forward Minnesota should have kept over Marcus Johansson last year. Hmm. Um, I think, yeah, I, I like him. I just don't know if they're going to want too much for him. I, it always depends on the price, right? Yep. It, it yep. would be like, uh, and, and and listen, it leads me down to this. Will we see UC Soros moved? Um, Barry Trotz has not shutting the door on it. I think I would be like, no, and shut the door and not have any speculations. But it is, you know, I love Barry, but it's always going to be like, we'll, you know, we'll listen, we'll talk, we'll whatever, right? So, I, I think you know, is this the year now. where Soros happens? No. 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 Wait, this is the year that should be all the goalie movement and nothing's happened. Come on. No one knows how to, like, make a trade with goaltenders. There's so many goalies I would expect to move first before Soros. So, you know, it, it would be fun. Be it would devil. be spicy. But... I think he'll be a devil. I had to put a list together of uh, the, the the five goalies available, one through five, right? And I had to put John Gibson, too. That's how bad, like, I think the goalies <laughs> that are available oh, yeah. are. I had to put Marks from one and John Gibson, too. Forget about it. How painful was it for you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's unbelievable. But it is right on cue, and we are out of time, Shana. Have a great weekend, and we will see you next week. Thanks for having me. Shana Goldman from The Athletic will wrap up Sabres Live after this. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.